and gentlemen, coaches of the world, welcome back to another edition of the Coaches Rising podcast. I'm Joel, and this is episode number 31. And in this episode, I'm going to be speaking with Gay Hendricks. And Gay wrote one of the books that had a big influence on me and my coaching, The Big Leap. In that book, he was talking about this idea that we could kind of tap into and live from our zone of genius, this place of unique expression and creativity that each of us have. And I just I just read that idea and I thought, damn, that's that's where I have my biggest impact and where I see my clients have their biggest impact. So I was excited when he brought out the sequel recently, The Joy of Genius. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We'll talk about the big ideas in that book including this idea of the genius move, this move that we can learn, we can practice, which helps us shift out of a kind of negative stuck state into one of, uh, you know, increasing connection and, and living from what Gay calls the genius spiral. I think he's updated the name. So I think that's really cool. It's a really life-affirming episode, this idea that you know, we can tap into this organic flow of good feeling that comes from living in our genius, I think is just such an enriching and um, empowering way to live. So check it out. And let's see Gay Hendricks. Gay, well, he's been in the, you know, the field of personal development and conscious relationships for uh, 40 years. And He's written a ton of books, I think, I don't know, somewhere in the region of 30 books about these kinds of topics and trained thousands of coaches. They've been on Oprah, him and his wife, Katie, who's also a great kind of teacher of this kind of work. And what I love about Gay is he's, he made that commitment years back to live in his zone of genius. And he's, you know, in this interview, you'll hear how he feels he does that about 90% of his life. So... As usual, I would just want to say if you feel inspired, uh, you can share this interview. You can f- on the individual podcast page at coachesrising.com forward slash podcast. You'll find Gay's page. You can go on there and you can just click the share button. I'd love to get reviews and I just want to get the word out to as many coaches as possible. So hope you enjoy and let's dive straight in. Gay, so good to be speaking to you again. How's things with you today? Beautiful, Joel. How are you doing? I'm I'm really good, and uh, I'm excited about our topic today. This uh, topic of genius, um, which you know, I, I actually was introduced to through your work, and so um, I think it's an important idea. And uh, I want to explore. You've got this new book out, The Joy of Genius, which I've been reading. So I kind of bring that, you know, I think genius for me always gives me this sense of aliveness and, and um, um, you know, creativity and, and, and what's, what's it to embody that. So I'm sat with all of that right now. Well, I'm really glad because, um, yes, um, the joy of genius is now out in the world and people are reading it and commenting on it. And I'm really delighted because it's a book that took me 10 years of thinking about in order to write it. And uh, so I really tried to distill everything I have learned over the past 10 years into this one little place. 
Mm, nice, nice. Well, what did inspire you to write this book? Well, after The Big Leap came out, The Big Leap came out in 19, no, not 19, it came out in 2009, I believe. So pretty close to 10 years ago now. And so The Big Leap has been, it's really about two things. The, the Big Leap is about how to overcome what I call the upper limit problem, which is our tendency to sabotage ourselves when things start going better. And so part of the big leap is about how to deal with the upper limit problem. The other part is how to awaken and live in your particular area of genius and to devote more and more of your time to living in what I now call the genius spiral. I used to call it the zone of genius, but that was too limited. Now I call it the genius spiral that's kind of open-ended because once you open up to what your true genius is, you tap into a field that's basically limitless. And that's what's so incredible about it. It's because a spiral has no closure at the end. It just keeps expanding more and more and more. And that's what happens when you awaken the conversation with your genius inside. And so uh, it's, it's something I've been thinking about for a very long time. And I finally decided, okay, it's time to write the book. And so I sat down and spent six months or so writing the book. And um, now I'm celebrating finally having it out in the world and being a free man and, uh, and not, uh, not being cooped up in my writer's, uh, my writer's hiery for a, a six-month period. I'd like to ask a little bit more about what genius is. We spoke about this last time we spoke, I think about a year and a half, two years ago. But I think it's worth just you know, that's such a fundamental aspect of this conversation. So maybe you could just talk a little bit more about how do we know what our genius is? How do we discover that? Yes, that's a great question that I think every human being needs to live in is that question of how can I awaken more of my genius and what is my genius? Well, here are a couple of things to look for. I've found now, after working with so roughly 20,000 people over the past 40 years or so, one thing I've learned about genius is it's what you, what you most love to do. So if you will look carefully and feel your way carefully into what you most love to do, you begin that conversation with your genius. And here's what I mean. Even if you kind of scan back in time to when you were a child, when you were growing up, and you were playing with things. There were things that you played with that might have been different from the next person or different from the next person. Like, for example, when I was little, um, they always kid me about this in my family, but when I was four or five years old, I got a tricycle for my birthday, and it was raining that day, and so I couldn't go outside and try out my new trike. Uh, so my grandmother let me ride it around her living room. And this was a one-time only event. Normally, she wouldn't let me do something like that. But um, I was so excited about my tricycle. And so on my first day on my tricycle, I did this thing where I set up a cardboard box in the corner of her living room. And that became my office. And I would commute to my office on, the, on, my, on my tricycle. And then I would sit in this box and I would invite anybody who wanted to to come talk to me about their problems. 
And <laughs> now nobody ever did, but uh, that was the idea that people were supposed to come and talk to me about their problems. And I was very clear that I didn't deal with medical problems. They could go to a regular doctor for that. But I dealt only in things that uh, you, you didn't go to a regular doctor about. Well, isn't that amazing? Because, see, I, I lived in a little town of 10,000 people in the South that didn't have a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a counselor or anything, any life coach or anything like that. And so somehow it was down in me that this was something I like to do for play. Well, to this day, right now in this conversation, I'm basically doing what I was doing when I was four or five years old, which is I really love to have conversations about the things that really matter in people's lives. Like, how do I find out what my genius is? And in this situation, one way you can find out is by tracing back through your life what you most love to do. And another way you can tell, Joel, is that when you're in your genius, when you're living on the genius spiral, there's a sense of timelessness. You're not in a hurry, but also you're never bored. You're right in step with time all the time, and time becomes timeless. Because when you're doing what you most love to do, you don't sit there and look at your watch and say, when's this going to be over? You're in that timeless place of ease and flow. Another good way to know in your body, Joel, is that there's a feeling of flow and ease that comes when you're living in your genius spiral. And it's a combination of a kind of a calmness inside, but also a, an energy. It's a calm energy. It's that sense of flow that when things are really going well, you feel this streaming sense of ease in your body. And that's one way you can also know that you're in your genius. Mm. And so I get that one of the moves here is l learning to tune into what our genius is and, and to live that and as well to recognize that perhaps we've got beliefs or habits, just ideas about the way we should live that actually have us not align with that genius. That is so true because, well, uh, one of the things I did in The Big Leap was I tried to illuminate the fears that are actually underneath the upper limit problem. And I think that's what you're kind of getting into. Like, for example, many of us have a belief that we shouldn't outshine other people, that we should make sure other people shine. So if you grew up with that kind of programming, I know a lot of my clients have grown up with that. Then they have a kind of a fear of really shining for fear they might shine, outshine other people. And so... Another one is that many people carry around the feeling of being fundamentally wrong or there's something fundamentally bad about them or they've done something wrong that they can't quite get over. And sometimes that comes from something that happened during your lifetime, but also many times it happens from things that other people had the experience of and they just taught you that way. Like, for example, if you grew up in a family where somebody had almost drowned you might grow up with a fear of water, whereas the person next door, they can splash around in the water and it doesn't bother them at all. But you have a, a belief because of your programming in your family that water is dangerous. So that would be one example, but there are tons of different examples of how, how we all get programmed differently growing up. But one of the effects of this programming is that it keeps us locked in, an, in a familiar area 
which I call the zone of competence, where you're doing what you're good at, but somebody else could do it just as well. You're not tapping into your unique abilities. You're not asking yourself the big, tough questions like, what is my genius? And what do I really have unique to offer the world? These, to me, are profound questions that we ought to be living inside of every day. And so one of the things that I'm up to in my life is I like to promote the big, what I call wonder questions, where people can really get in there and use the wonder capacity of the human being to say, hmm, what is my genius? And hmm, what do I love to do more than anything else? And how can I do that more and more in my daily life? See, when I started, Joel, I started, when I first started thinking about this, I was probably in my 30s. And so I've been thinking about it for the last 40 years or so. And one of the conclusions I came to early in my thinking about this was, I'm only doing what I most love to do only 5 or 10% of the time. And that was just a terribly depressing thought, you know, <laughs> that was I going to spend my life doing that? And then at the end of my life, say, well, I got to spend 5 or 10% of my life doing what I most love to do. So I started looking for how I could do it more and more in my life. And so I set the goal of having first 30%, and then when I got that, 50%. So I kept upping the ante on myself so that for the past 20 years or so, I spend 90% of my time doing what I most love to do. And then the rest of my time, I spend doing other stuff, you know, like, uh, like I say in the book, I, I'm not necessarily a genius at um, unloading the dishwasher or tidying up our cat's kitty litter or anything like that. But I like to do it because it's a kind of a, a Zen practice of keeping our home beautiful. And so that's, to me, the, um, the thing that needs to be monitored in ourself almost more than anything else is, am I doing what I most love to do? And am I doing that in a way that people can really see it and receive it and appreciate it? I mean, I love what you're saying here because I think we're just not even educated that this is a possibility uh, you know, so this distinction you're making that we could live in this zone of genius more and more and more, I think for a lot of people is a is a is a revelatory idea. You know, it's almost like that. What wouldn't we're allowed to have that much kind of creativity and contribution in our lives? And you know, I, this this podcast a lot of coaches listen to that, and I think even in coaching, we often are really playing inside the zone of like the world that our clients know already, you know, of what, it, what is allowed to be possible in their lives. And so what I love about this, this idea of these wonder questions, is like we can then take them outside and of that, that zone and say, hey, you could, you could be living in a place where you are giving your genius like 50% of the time, 90% of the time and living a, a life of true fulfillment. And that might just, you know, kind of totally... Uh, how can I put it, like bend their minds, you know? And, and But that's what we should be doing more of in the world. So I feel I feel inspired to hear you say this. Well, thank you very much. And, and that reminds me to give a big bow of thank you to the worldwide coaching community. Uh, they've been so great about adopting the Big Leap as one of the main classic textbooks that all coaches read. And I appreciate all the coaching institutions out there that teach 
and that use the big leap in that. And now I hope that they'll begin to use the joy of genius too, because it's the next step beyond the big leap is how to live on the genius spiral all the time. And so that's um, once you begin to get your genius on the line, so to speak, then you want to begin to open up more and more and more to it so that you're really soaring every day higher and higher up that genius spiral. Well, let's talk about that. So what is for you the key to, you know, doing that, to continuously living on that spiral day by day? In one word, commitment. Commitment gets you started. So it only takes 10 seconds. So try on a commitment. I I give a version of this in the book, but uh, just try on this idea for a second. I commit to ending my negative thinking and liberating my true creativity. So just think about what you're doing there. I commit to ending negative thinking. So that's something that can come to a halt in us. We don't need to go around thinking negatively, in other words. So it's possible. I've seen it a thousand, more than a thousand times. People are able to end their negative thinking by what I call the genius move and the joy of genius. And, but then there's something else that we really want to capture in ourselves with a commitment, which is a commitment to opening up to our true creativity, who we really are and what we really want to bring forth into the world. And so that's a big thing to commit to. So imagine a world in which you didn't go around thinking negatively about yourself or other people or whatever, where negative thinking was just something you didn't do. And imagine a world in which you were living in your true creativity, that you were so down inside your genius and your genius was so downside in, down inside you that it enabled you to, lo- to live in this continual flourishing of more and more of your genius. And that to me is life at its best. And I've been blessed to be in that state of consciousness for many years now. And I can tell you, there's nothing really like it. There's nothing like that organic flow of good feeling that comes from living more and more and more in your genius. And so, but back to the subject of commitment. Keep it very simple in the beginning. Just make a simple commitment to what you want to come true. So in this case, what I want for you to want to come true is you and all your listeners is to make a deep commitment to ending the negative thinking that that plagues them and, and bleeds their energy dry, but to also go one step beyond that and make a commitment to opening up to your true, genuine, natural, organic creativity. Mm. There's this beautiful quotation I give in the book that comes from the Gospel of Thomas, uh, one of the apocryphal Gospels that um, isn't in the official Bible, but it was one of those that was there before that they, for one reason or the other, decided not to use in the um, uh, in the regular Bible, the the one that's used today. and But in the Gospel of Thomas, Jesus is reported to have said, if you bring forth what is within you, 
what is within you will save you. If you don't bring forth what is within you, what is within you will destroy you. And I've seen that so many times with people that when they open up to what their true genius is and to what their true creativity is, and when they get out from under that cloud of negative thinking they've been under, things begin to flourish. Things take on this whole different look for them in their lives. But unfortunately, I've also seen the other thing happen when a person or people don't bring forth what that thing is that they really need to gift to the world, and they kind of die with that and die with the unhappiness of that inside. And so I, I attended not too long ago the funeral of a person here in town that I, I knew. I, he wasn't a close friend, but I knew him reasonably well for a number of years. And out of the blue, he committed suicide. And um, no one had any slightest idea that anything had been going on in himself. And not even his, the person he lived with. And uh, it was as much of a shock to her as it was to anyone else. And what it led me to re realize afterwards is because no one had any access to that in himself, there must be so many of us that live with our ourselves so tightly held inside that nobody ever really gets to know us. And I don't want to live that way, and I don't want any of my friends to live that way. What I think we need to do is live wide open to the world, wide open to our genius, and wide open in our willingness to express our genius in the world. That's where I see the big miracles happening, ordinary miracles with ordinary people who just open up to their extraordinary genius and begin to bring it forth. And it doesn't matter if your genius is making a great chicken soup or composing a great symphony. It's all about you bringing forth what is within you and letting that serve the world. Well, I think this is why the coaching community has, has you know, seized the hold of these ideas and, and you know, been inspired by them so much. This idea for me that we can find that genius and then begin to express it, you know, and, and that that expression evolves and evolves and and as it evolves, we evolve into fuller and fuller versions of ourselves, you know, and then we, we, we on, on our deathbed, you know, our eyes are blazing with the, the journey we've been on, you know, this, this, we've expressed ourselves fully and we can then die in peace, you know, as opposed to so many people, like you say, who, who maybe just feel unhappy, you know, they just feel like they're not allowed to really be who they are. So, Yes, I, I came across a great quotation once from the playwright George Bernard Shaw, and uh, I don't have it here in front of me, so I can't give it exactly, but it basically says, I, I, by the way, he died when he was 104 years old, I believe, and he said, when I die, I want to be completely used up, that I've expressed everything that I had to express here. And, you know, that's a great way to think about life, that you're right there as long as it is just giving as much of your genius as you can to the world and expressing as much as you possibly can and participating with the world. Mm -hmm. One of my early teachers said, you can only get to peace of mind through total participation, being willing to be there with yourself, with whoever you are and whatever you're, you're doing and being able to be there in participation with the world, what's going on in the world and 
what's going on with the people you love. So the ability to participate with it, to open up, to feel it, to communicate about it is one of the things that gives us resonance that connects us with other human beings. Well, I'm just feeling this call right now to everybody. Let's stop, let's stop waiting. Yeah? Let's stop procrastinating till that day when we are you know, ready to, to live our genius. And let's, let's make a commitment right now right now and start to enact that in our lives and uh, you, you mentioned the the genius move and I, I remember one of the things i read in the joy of genius you were saying like you can't end negative thinking with um by trying to stop it you know i think you, that's right yeah. yeah well because joel it's kind of like a dog chasing its own tail around if you try to stop negative thinking by thinking negatively about it, <laughs> you've just chased the dog around in a circle. The only way to end your negative thinking, first of all, is to declare it outside your control. And the moment you declare it, the moment you quit trying to control it, it's like you quit chasing the dog around with its own chase. See, negative thinking is kind of like um, a bull being corralled inside a, a pen about the size of a, of a kitchen, let's say. And so the bull is going to bang around in there, bang, 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 because it's being so tightly controlled. But imagine that if you made that bull, of, uh, made available to that bull a huge open space, and the, the bull could roam in it. Well, that's the, the way to, to ease your mind, is instead of trying to control your negative thoughts, trying to control the bull, just give them room to roam. Just quit paying attention to them. Quit bothering with them. Quit trying to talk yourself out of them. Just acknowledge, okay, those things, some days are going to wake up before I do. No big deal. Ah. <sighs> But then what happens is you notice after a little time that you've got a lot more open space in your mind. Your mind quits being jammed up. And that's one of the beautiful things that happens when people make what I call the genius move. And in The Joy of Genius, I give very specific instructions about how to go through the genius move. So there's no question about, you know, because I've taken lots and lots of people through it. But I can take you through a kind of an abbreviated version of it here, but I really want you to sit down and devote an hour of your life to it because it will really change your life. Or even if you read the first chapter, you'll, you'll get the, the message. But what I like people to do is notice those situations in their life where they feel frustrated or they don't feel like they've been able to solve a particular problem. So pick something to do the genius move with that will make a real difference in your life. And then here's what you do. You begin to identify what you have control over and what you don't have control over in that situation. And again, the specifics of it are really important. It'll take you a little while to sit down and learn them. But it's well worthwhile, just like sitting down for an hour and and feeling out how to drive a car before you actually start the engine and, and drive out onto the freeway. 
the the trick of it really though is to start with whatever the problems and issues you have facing you in your life and begin to make the genius move with them because as you do that what happens is that you suddenly realize something that was stuck now begins to flow a little bit and i'm not you know it almost sounds like magic but you know in a way it is real practical magic because see the moment you stop trying to control something you open up a tremendous amount of space for it to change because while you're trying to control it you're trying to control it with the techniques that you know how to do and those are the ones that are actually not working and keeping it stuck and so what has to happen is we have to let go of what we're doing that's not working and open up a space if if only for 10 minutes or 10 seconds even where things can begin to flow a little bit differently that's why when people come to work with us here uh sometimes we do intensives with executives who come here or sometimes intensives with couples um and we teach people how to do this in our seminars too through the Henrik Institute is we we start with 10 minutes and all of your listeners i encourage them to do this start with 10 minutes a day of focusing on your genius don't say i commit to focusing on my genius 24 hours a day yet say i commit first to focusing on my genius for 10 minutes a day and pencil it into your calendar when that 10 minutes is going to be now all you may do during that 10 minutes the only thing that you might be able to do at first is simply sit there and say hmm what is my genius or hmm I don't know what my genius is but what you're doing is you're cultivating a sense of genuine wonder in yourself. It's the most powerful creative tool people have because think of the moment of wonder that Steve Jobs had. Hmm. I wonder how we could actually create an individual personal computer. Hmm. How can you do something like that? You know that everybody could have. Well, people wondered that. 40 or 50 years ago and it led to this huge revolution and just like 100 years before that people were wondering hmm how could we actually send messages through thin air hmm how could we do that and so these little moments of wonder i i tell the story i don't want to give the whole 20 minute version of it here but i created a business once that took me really 10 seconds of wonder to create and i had then a year to put it all together and then ultimately sold it for close to 7 million dollars and so that 10 seconds of wonder led to 7 million dollars and to me those kinds of miracles are possible to everyone in that 10 seconds i had this wondering i wa- i was in partnership with a a movie producer named Steven Simon and he and I he and I um he produced some Hollywood movies called what what dreams may come and somewhere in time and and a bunch of movies including Bill and Ted's excellent adventure and so he was a seasoned movie producer and we wanted to do a new kind of inspirational movie we wanted to produce movies like conversations with god that we owned the rights to or uh like Richard Box illusions uh, we wanted to produce movies of inspirational quality and we beat our brains out trying to get hollywood people to to want to do that and so in this 10 seconds one morning i wondered hmm 
if we weren't going to do it through Hollywood, how could we do it? Hmm. Hmm. And at the end of the meditation, I, I was meditating for about 20 minutes. At the minute meditation was over, suddenly the idea popped in my mind. Oh, we'll license the movies from independent filmmakers that we find at film festivals, and we'll put them on DVD and sell them every month as a subscription to people who really want them, people who aren't being served by Hollywood. And so we created the Spiritual Cinema Circle, and we ultimately uh, sold it to a bigger company that knew how to run a big business. It got too big for us to run. But anyway, um, I, I make that point because it only took those 10 seconds of a wonder question to launch that whole set of ideas. Now, it took us six months to a year of boom, 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 execution and work to put it into place. But without that 10 seconds of wonder, none of that would have been possible because we all know lots of people who work real hard but don't get, every, get anything interesting ever done. Well, I, you know, I think I, I see for me how these connect, though, this this wonder and this genius move, because what I noticed, I've been playing with this um, genius move uh, since reading the book. And I noticed for one, how much I'm trying to control things. So I, I was just, I was just playing with it throughout the day. I'd notice, okay, I'm feeling uh, right now. I notice I'm feeling tense in my body or I'm feeling a bit of frustration. And then I'd just ask, what am I trying to control now? That's not in my control. And, you know, I would get an insight, but not, not always, but often it was pretty clear, but then just, just recognizing that I'm trying to control something now that's outside of my control. And you, you, you offer this invitation just to, to let go, consciously let go or let be that would create this shift in me where, you know, my body would relax. Um, it's, it's almost like my mind would decontract and, um, there would be this like, a rush of kind of positive energy and 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 then suddenly I would be back in a kind of open receptive mode again where I could be creative be in wonder and so I see how this genius move connects to this sense of awe and wonder that you're talking about so this is something because you were talking about you know having people practice it um, you know for 10 minutes but I think this is something people can do throughout their day, you know, all the time when they see that they're getting stuck. So I loved it. Yes, well, I appreciate that. In fact, I wish every human being on earth could hear the last two minutes of this broadcast here, the last two minutes, because you gave the most beautiful description of exactly what happens when you successfully apply the genius move, that suddenly this open space opens up. And it's, it's a very delicious feeling. Um, I can't describe it any other way, but it feels delicious in my body and my mind that um, suddenly there's this open space of pure possibility of creativity that suddenly is right there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's... Um so, so I, I, I want to emphasize this is like a, an embodied experience, you know, it's not just a nice idea, but it's, it's a, a, and for me, it, it opens us into that realm of what some people might call perhaps flow or peak performance or this idea of living from my genius. Yes, it's an aspect of peak performance that I think every 
person will eventually need to connect with. In other words, I've worked with some of the most powerful executives on earth, and I can tell you that even those folks who are functioning at an incredibly inspirationally high level, when I asked them, are you using your full genius? Nobody ever says, yeah, I am all the time. You know, people say, gosh, I wish, you know, if only I had more time to do that kind of thing. <laughs> well, you know, and these are the highest level people in the world that are the best at their jobs. So all of us need to be asking ourselves these questions. Hmm, how am I using my genius this day? And hmm, how can I use my genius more this day than I did yesterday? And hmm, what are more of my unique capabilities? So those kinds of questions, in my opinion, define a successful life. Mm, beautiful. Um, well, I would love to ask a bit of a different question as we move towards the end of our conversation. And um, I wonder if there's something in your life right now that's deeply inspiring the work that you're doing. And um, uh, yeah, you know, like I, I just like to ask that now because I'm getting a lot of cool answers from people that lead me in new explorations. Is there anything like it could be even a book you read or a movie you saw or like a, a teaching or something like that or, or anything? Yes, well, the big thing right now that's on my mind that's inspiring me is as we're having this conversation, this is the month of my 37th wedding anniversary with Katie, my wife, Kathleen Hendricks. Uh, her name is Dr. Kathleen Hendricks on the front of books, but here in the house, we call her Katie. And uh, she and I have uh, been married now for 37 incredible years. I've had 37 years of waking up every day feeling like the luckiest man on earth because I get to be married to her. And so uh, she and I have been work partners as well as love partners now for more than half of our lives. And I, uh, I'm right now in the flow of appreciation with her and us and what we've uh, done together over the past 37 years. We've not only had a wonderful love relationship, but uh, co-authored 10 books and been around the world 30 times teaching our seminars and been on 500 shows and that kind of thing. So it's a, uh, it's a, it's a relationship that's been a joy on every possible front. So right now that's my big inspiration. Mm, super cool. And also uh, Katie was on the podcast. So I recommend people check out that because um, we had great feedback about that conversation too. Um, Hey, Gay, so where can we uh, find out more about the joy of genius and, and the work you're doing? Yes. Go to joyofgenius.com, joyofgenius.com. And there, there's a trailer for the book, a little movie trailer for the book. So that's the first thing I'd recommend people do is to see the cool trailer that my uh, Hollywood buddy Cameron Keyes made for the book. And... Um, then go to Hendrix.com for the rest of uh, things to learn about our trainings. That's H-E-N-D-R-I-C-K-S.com, uh, Hendrix.com. And so that's kind of the jumping off place to all of our e-courses and our live seminars and things like that. So you can find out about everything that we're doing. And also Katie has been overseeing the creation of a new website over the past few months, which has now gone live. And so it's very exciting. We're getting lots of great feedback on our new website. Very uh, happy making to us. Mm, nice. Thanks. 
So I just want to say thank you. I actually uh, had a lot of fun and I could feel that kind of sense of genius here in our conversation, you know, like the, the feeling of wonder, actually. That's, that's what it is, that feeling of wonder. So thank you, Gay. Well, thank you, Joel, for getting the word out and um, many blessings to you on your work. Hello, hello. Here we are again. We are on the other side now. And I just want to end by saying again, if you feel inspired to share this, I'd love that. You can just head to Gay's podcast page at coachesrising.com forward slash podcast, find his page and click on the share button. If you're not on our email list for the podcast and you want to stay in the loop, then you can sign up there on the podcast page and you'll be informed when we bring out new podcasts. We've got lots of exciting guests lined up. Other than that, I just want to wish you a wonderful time and until you hear my sweet tones, the sweet tones of my voice once again, be well. Be well.